It was the cheesiest melody. I didn't like the idea of the song. I didn't like the song. And yet he made me sing it in front of everybody. I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. What's up, Happy Lifer? Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, so I've worked at a couple of churches in my lifetime, and in both of them, um, I would lead the congregational singing. And in one of these churches that I was at, uh, the pastor would show up every once in a while, and he would give me a song that he had learned at some conference that he went to, and he'd want me to sing it. I remember this pastor was pretty cool. He says, I know, I know, I know you probably don't want to sing this, but could you just do this for me? It was the, uh, we were different generations, you know, I was a young punk kid who thought he knew everything and I didn't want to do it, but I did. I did because when your boss wants you to do it, you just do it. So I sang the song and I had to sing it over and over and over again. And just the other day, <laughs> I woke up singing that song again in my head. <laughs> and it hasn't been the first time I find myself now. And maybe it's because now I'm at the age that my boss was, my pastor was when he told me I need to lead the congregation, the, the people out sitting out there in the church, I need to lead them in this song. Maybe I, cause I'm at the same age he was basically now. So maybe that's what it is, but it's a melody that I didn't like at all. I didn't like the song at all, but now it seems to be a go-to of mine. Maybe it just got burned <laughs> like a bad movie or a, a bad song. Maybe it just got burned in my head and I cannot get rid of it. But I woke up the other day singing it and I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning and it was in my head. And I started thinking about the podcast. This is the podcast that I talked about in the last episode that we did that I said I had it all in my mind and all of a sudden I realized it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So I ended up doing one for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. This was the episode that I was talking about. And I woke up at five o'clock in the morning. That song was in my head and I couldn't stop singing. It kept going over and over and over again. And how the song goes, it, it like I said, it, it's kind of a cheesy song. At least I thought, thought it was. But it's a great way. I understand what my pastor and his wife were talking about when they came back from it. They probably were at a conference that the conference was powerful. They did this song. You know, you could imagine a thousand different people in there singing a song and it, with it being a good conference. So you're going to match the song with the conference and say that it's a great song. But the conference probably made the song as much as the song made the conference. But the reason I like it now is because it's just... The, the the tune is, I thought it was cheesy before, but it's kind of a catchy tune. 
And the lyrics are just a great way. It was just a great way to start a church service. It's a beautiful morning to sing to the Lord. This is a day he has made. It's a wonderful morning to study his word. This is the day he has made. This is the day that he has made. I will rejoice and be glad. And that was basically the song right there. But now I realize that it's just a great way to start a day. It's a great way to just go. It's a beautiful morning. Despite what circumstances are, maybe you're going through a difficult time. It's a great way to wake up and say, it's a beautiful morning. It's a beautiful morning to sing to the Lord. This is a day he has made. Now, I don't know about the rest of the world, um, but I think it, it fits there as well. But I do know in churchdom, in in you know Christianity, we are taught from the time we're just little, little people. You know, this is a day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. In fact, way back in the day, back in the 80s when I was leading songs in these in these churches and and so forth, there weren't a whole lot of really fast songs. Back then it was the era of the hymns. We basically just did hymns and and choruses which were a different style just started coming out into churches and there weren't a whole lot of fast ones or a whole lot of slow ones, but there weren't a whole lot of fast ones that you liked that that really just like today there's all sorts of them. But back then there was only a handful of them and one of them was the same Bible verse that, that comes from a Bible verse. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And it was, it, we always sing it. This is a day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad. In. And that was, that was a song. And I tell you what, if I sang it once a month, I'd probably sing it two or three times a month on a Sunday morning. It was just a go-to for years. For years, we would sing that song over and over again. And now we had another way of singing it. It's a beautiful morning to sing to the Lord. This is the day that he has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, I apologize if if we're getting too churchy here, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to a point here. We had no problem embracing the fact that no matter what the day looks like, it's a beautiful morning. It's a day that God has made. God made this day, whether it's going my way or not, God made this day, so I'm going to rejoice in it. I will be glad. It's like you're willing yourself. I am going to choose to be glad in this day. I will rejoice, to be joyful again, to rejoice, to be happy again. I will be happy because, not because of circumstances, today might be ugly for you. You might have had a whole bunch of days or months, or maybe weeks, or maybe even years where you just have your, your, your days have just been ugly. They've been difficult. They've been sour. They've been, they've been tough. They've just been raw. They've just been brutal on you. But the way we were raised in church was doesn't matter. God made this day, even though it's not going the way I want it to go, even though it's uglier than I want it to be, even though it's difficult for me to make it through it. And I, I feel like I can't even make it through the day, but I do make it through the day. I'm going to rejoice because God made it. It's a day that God has made. So I will, I will myself to be happy again, to rejoice in that day. And it's helped a lot of people get through a lot of very ugly days. But you know what? In the creation of the world, 
the days weren't the only thing that God made. He made people too. In fact, everything that he made, everything else that he made, he made them for the one thing that he really made, which was us humans. He made humans. He made the day for the humans. He did make the humans for the day. He made the animals and the air and the water and the, you know, the oceans, the, the sky, the, he made all that for the people that he made you and I. So he made days, but he also made people as well. But people are higher on his scale than days are. They mean more to him. The days were made for the people. The people weren't made for the days. The point I'm trying to get to here is you don't hear us walking around singing about it's a beautiful person that God has made. I'm a beautiful person that God has made. I will rejoice and be glad. We, we sing it. It's okay to embrace that for a day, but we will not embrace it for a human, which is even more important. God made us. And he made us the way that he wanted us. And he made us because he wants us to rejoice in ourselves as well. But I don't know if we're trying to have this humility or this false humility or we're afraid of getting a big head. But boy, we don't dare talk about rejoicing in us. But God made us to rejoice in ourselves. In fact, to be honest, if you've ever had kids, you want your kids to rejoice in themselves. You want your kids to believe that they're good at something. You want them to enjoy the sports they're in, the activities they're in, the music that they're in, the life that they're in. You want them to rejoice in that because they're your kid. God made us because he wants us to rejoice. In fact, that's why he made the earth. He made the animals. He made the the, the water, the air. The, the, he made the days because he wants us to rejoice in those things. He made those things for us. I don't care. Maybe you just feel ugly. Maybe you feel like you're blowing it a lot. Maybe your life has just been difficult, but that doesn't mean you can't rejoice in it. No matter what the day looks like, you rejoice because God has made it. No matter what we look like or feel like, we need to rejoice in ourselves because that's why God made us. You know, and I was sitting there at five o'clock in the morning and I was trying to rewrite the words. Like, I need a word that rhymes with day that, that represents me instead. So I could re-sing the song, you know, it's a beautiful morning to sing to the Lord, I am the day he has made. And I, I couldn't think of a word to, to put in there. And while I'm thinking about it, I realize I've been laying in bed and I, I'm, not, I'm not falling back asleep. My brain's just working. So I get up, get out of bed, come into my office, and I just keep thinking it over and over again. I grab my phone, and as I'm looking at my phone, I see the next song on my YouTube music is a song by Keith Green. It says, make my life a prayer to you. In other words, he's singing about, I want my life to be a gift to God. God made me. I'm going to rejoice in me, basically. And I want to give my life back. I want to give my life back to God as a prayer. And I thought, oh, that's perfect. Pray rhymes with day. My life is a prayer, but it's a pray, and obviously that wasn't going to work, but in my mind, I'm still trying to put this whole podcast together. I feel like something's going on here, and I thought, let me just look at the lyrics. So I pull up the lyrics of the song, and there's two lines that just stick out to me. It says, it's so hard to see when my eyes are on me, and that just stuck out to me. Like When I'm focusing on me, I can't really see anything else but me. And I'm thinking, this is really good. I feel like these two thoughts go together. 
but yet they seem conflicting. On one hand, we're saying, look at yourself, celebrate yourself. On the other hand, it says, it's really hard to see when my eyes are just on me. So I called up Joe from Mojo Studios, our, our sister studio, our brother studio down in Southern California. And we're looking to burst some more stuff, by the way, with our studio. So I'm super excited about that. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I think out loud, so I'm processing by him. I said, can you help me process this podcast, Ellie? He said, sure. So I'm talking through the whole thing with him, and, and it really helped me get some of this stuff in place. And then he sent me this. It was a quote from this man called, his name was Henry Nowen. And he was a, he was a monk. At one point, in fact, it's what started the whole conversation with him in the first place. Because I read this text, I'm like, it answers the question of, do I celebrate me or when my eyes are on me, do I not see anything else? So which one is it? And he sent me this quote and that's why I thought, I'm going to call Joe and just say, I text him and said, can you talk? Because I got, I got some ideas. I got I to run by you. I got to clear out my head. And we had talked and everything about it. And I said, your quote right here was at perfect timing. The quote that he sent me from Henry Nowen Listen to this when it talks about, do I look at myself or do I not look at myself? Do I celebrate me or do I take my eyes off of me? I think that this quote encapsulates it way better than I could word it. So I'm just going to read it to you from Henry Nowen. It says this quote, you have to be really aware of the difference between fruitfulness and success because the world is always talking to you about your success. Society keeps asking you, Show me your trophies. Show me how many books have you written. Show me how many games did you win. Show me how much money did you make. Show me. And there is nothing wrong with any of that, he says. I am saying that finally, that's not the question. The question is, are you going to bear fruit? And the amazing thing is that our fruitfulness comes out of our vulnerability and not just out of our power. I'm going to say that again. The amazing thing is that our fruitfulness comes out of our vulnerability and not just out of our power. Actually, it comes out of our powerlessness. If the ground wants to be fruitful, you have to break it open a little bit. The hard ground cannot bear fruit. It has to be raked open. And the mystery is that our illness and our weakness and our many ways of dying are often the ways that we get in touch with our vulnerabilities. You and I have to trust that they will allow us to be more fruitful if lived faithfully. Precisely where we are weakest and often most broken and most needy, precisely there can be the ground of our fruitfulness. End quote. (laughs) I think that is the ticket right there. Do I look at myself or do I ignore myself? Do I celebrate me or do I take my eyes off of me? Well, I think it all depends upon, am I looking at my trophies or am I looking at my brokenness? I immediately thought of when you look at yourself, what's the number one way we look at ourselves? In a mirror, right? When you're looking in a mirror, all you really see is you. And oftentimes when you're looking in a mirror, you're trying to to compare yourself to other people. 
Like, I wish I was taller. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I, wish I could have their hair. I wish I could. We look at other quote unquote mirrors in our life. Like, I wish I had their skills. I wish I had their, their gentleness. I wish I had their humor. I wish I had. And we tend to look at when we're just looking at ourselves and what we don't have. Or we're looking at ourselves and we're comparing ourselves in the other way. Like, at least I'm not like them like that. At least I'm not like stupid like that. Look how, look at that guy. Look at her. She's got no clue. At least I'm not like that. At that point, we're looking at our trophies. And that's when it's hard to see when my eyes are on me. When I'm looking in the mirror, I can see nothing else but me. But there's another way that we can see ourselves. (laughs) <laughs> which reminds me there was this dude that was walking past this this storefront all this glass this window was there and the dude no lie the dude stops and he checks himself out <laughs> he's looking at everything he's looking at he's looking at his hair his butt he, i mean he's he's just checking himself out up and down and what makes it so funny is cuz he didn't realize <laughs> That I was on the other side of that glass. <laughs> I was watching every bit of it, but he didn't see me because it was dark enough inside. So all he could see was his reflection <laughs> like a mirror. <laughs> and and I love the, the, the movie shots, the cinematography of when someone is looking out the window and you can see what they're looking at, but you also see their reflection, but you don't see a reflection like you would in a mirror. It's more opaque. Is that the right word? It's more... It's more transparent. You just see a little bit of the reflection mixed in with the whole world that they're looking at. When you're looking at yourself and you see yourself as a part of a bigger picture, when you're looking at yourself in a mirror, all you're seeing is you. When you're looking at yourself through a window, you're seeing yourself and how you fit. It's not all you. You're more opaque. You're more transparent. You're more vulnerable. You see how you fit into the whole world around you, but you just see a a partial bit of you. You just see 20% of you. You know what I'm saying? You just see a little bit of you mixed in with everything else, where you fit in that world in front of you. That's the person You need to celebrate because if you think about trophies, I mean, I'm looking at one right now in my office. I have two trophies that I'm looking at one. I won when I was like 16 years old and it wasn't even first place. It was second place. I've said this before, but I didn't win a lot of trophies when I was younger. I just didn't. I, up until a couple years, I still had a little bowling trophy that I had won when I was like. 12 or 13 years old, and I didn't even win it. It was more like a participation trophy. It showed my average on there because I was in a bowling league. But since I never won any trophies and got a letterman's jacket or anything like that, I kept that little trophy. You know why? Because someone gave it to me. I mean, I could walk into an award store, a place that sells trophies, and I could buy all the trophies I want. I could buy as big as one as I want. I could buy them and bring them in my office, but they don't mean anything to me if someone didn't give it to me because trophies were meant to be given away. They're meant to honor somebody. They're meant to say, this is what you accomplished. Here is a trophy. The other trophy I'm looking at that's right beside that was made for me by Happy Life or Russ. And the woodwork on it is beautiful. And it's got a little inlay strip in it. It just looks so cool. But he he took a picture of a, he took like the, the little 
metal-looking dude that goes on the trophy, right? But he painted him and put a lime green suit on him. I have a lime green polyester suit. And there's, it's a big, long story. I should probably do a podcast or two on my lime green suit. But it really represented who I am. And I dressed up like a nerd because... Most of my life, I felt like a loser that didn't fit in. And then one day, I started wearing that nerd suit and dressing up like a nerd on purpose, telling people, the only difference between you and me is I wear the suit on the outside, but many of us wear the suit on the inside. We feel like this, we just cover it up. But I'm just letting you know, this is what I struggle with. And I used to help out teenagers for decades, really, on you know, talking all the time. I'd always wear that suit. I couldn't get rid of the suit. I still have the dumb thing, right? But it reminds people that you are of value. But this guy made a trophy and he, and that lime green suit had made such an impact on him that he made a trophy for me of a guy in a lime green suit. He gave me that trophy. To anyone else, it would be worth nothing. In fact, my wife is like, you need to clean out your office. You need to get rid of that trophy. But I just, I just can't get rid of the trophy because he gave it to me. Trophies were meant to be given away. When we look in a mirror and we see ourselves, we're often looking at our trophies. That's when it's hard to see when my eyes are on me. When I'm looking at all the things that, I'm, that I've accomplished or that I want to accomplish or that I haven't accomplished, I'm looking at my trophies. And when I'm looking at my trophies or the trophies that I haven't won, then my eyes are on me and it's hard for me to see. But when I realize that just like Keith Green when he sang that song, When I realized that God made me, my life is a trophy. I am the trophy. That's what Keith Green was trying to sing. He was trying to say, make my life a prayer to you. That's what Henry Nouwen was trying to, that's why he went to the monastery. He wanted to give his life back to God. He was a trophy that he wanted to give back to God. God, thank you for making me. I give my life as a prayer back to you. We are the trophy. And when you're looking at yourself through a window and you see the world in front of you, but you're more invisible now, there's only a small reflection of you in this great big huge window of the whole world around you. That's what we're talking about. When you see yourself as a trophy, you are meant to be given away. And you're meant to be given away in the world that you see yourself in through that window. All a mirror is is a window that's black on the other side. You can't look through that mirror because there's a wall on this side. There's a blackness on this side that causes us to only see ourselves. But when you take that down and you can... You can see it's just a little bit darker. So you're kind of looking at your world and it's just, it's, you can't quite see it all, but you know there's a yard out there. You know there's a, there's a city out there and, and it's just dark enough that you can't see everything, but just dark enough that you can see a reflection in the midst of that city and you realize, wait a minute, I belong in this city. I belong in this yard. I belong in this world, but I'm not the main character. I'm more opaque. And you see your vulnerabilities. You see not the fullness of you, but you see a lot of the brokenness of you. You see a lot of you that you don't see there. And you realize that I am a gift. I am a trophy that God made to share with somebody else. I am his trophy and he wants to give me away. When we see it like that. When we see that God made us just like he made the day, there's nothing wrong with celebrating us because we're more important to God than the day he made. He made us for the day. He didn't make the day for us. You are valuable. 
And it's your weakness and vulnerability that makes you the greatest trophy. (laughs) It's a beautiful morning to sing to the Lord. You are the trophy he made. I don't care how ugly you feel. I don't care how tough times are for you. You're still a trophy that fits in in the world that you are in. The world that you're looking at. That dark world is what's causing the reflection. That darkness in your world is what's causing reflection that's allowing you to see your reflection in that world. It's also the same darkness that's stopping you from seeing the clarity of your future and seeing the clarity of all the stuff that's going on around. You're like all the stuff that's going on with politics and pandemics and all the things, all that darkness is is just creating a world to be dark enough just so that we can see the reflection of ourselves in that world and say, wait a minute, I can see myself in this. Now, I'm not just focusing on me and my trophies. I'm focusing on how I fit into that darkness, how I fit into that world that is struggling in darkness right now and how I'm made to be given away to somebody today. Make someone happy. Make just one someone happy and you will be happy too. I hope that made sense. (laughs) And I hope that helped. I hope I was able to describe that the way it fits in my mind. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, life isn't perfect, but it can still be happy. How about you? Do you ever struggle with feeling valuable? Is it difficult for you to celebrate you? Is trophy an adjective you would never use to describe yourself? Well, Happy Life Coaching can definitely help with that. You are of incredible value. And once you believe that, everything changes drastically for you. Just like the scene in the movie Matrix, right before Neo, the main character, finally wins. What is he doing? He's beginning to believe. And Happy Life Coaching is here to do just that. We're here to help you win. So give it a try. Email me directly at coaching at happylife.studio or leave a message on our Yo Stevo hotline at 425-200-HAYS, H-A-Y-S. That's 425-200-4297. Or if you'd like to know more about Happy Life Coaching, just go to www.happylife.lol and click the coaching tab.